0: Welcome to TMJ News new podcast where I, Lena Wrights, will be interviewing guests and bringing them on to discuss contemporary issues that are going on around the world and are doing live discoveries on the reports that TMJ News has produced. So welcome to our first guest, Mr. Tarek Bazi. Welcome to our first podcast mm-hmm. for the series. Thank you for being here today thank you so today we are going to be talking a bit about the report tmj just produced which is on karbala and drawing modern day connections to that so the report we produced uh, is actually titled karbala the fragility of human morality and this is a title that we came up after producing the report and seeing the smaller connections we were making to the everyday compromises on human morality and how that can result in catastrophic world events that are are bigger in nature, but they start with the small compromises we make in mm. the daily. So, Derek, what did you think about the report? Can you shed some light on that?
1: Yeah. Introduce yourself. All right, so, yeah, I'm Tarik Basi. I am a teacher here in the community. That's what I do. That's pretty much most of my time. So I guess that would suffice for an introduction. So the report, I thought was, um, alhamdulillah, like it's a good introduction, maybe for somebody who doesn't really have too much of the kind of like historical background of, you know, what happened and some of like the events leading up to Ashura and, you know, everything that happened with um, Imam Hussain And I think that the kind of like the part of the report that caught my eye and I felt like was really beneficial was the timeline at the end, because sometimes like you hear these kind of like events narrated in history. But when you kind of see them strung all together in like, you know, one coherent timeline, it really gives you a little bit of a better understanding of like actually how one thing leads to the other. So I felt like that was probably the most, at least for me personally, like probably the most beneficial part of it. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it's interesting how, you know, I I and another researcher were part of this report and we had divided up the information in a way where we would be looking at sources holistically. So from Shia sources as well as Sunni sources, what are all the books saying about Ashura and Karbala? And I was actually like very surprised to find, if you look at the topic about Yazid, who was Yazid? You know, a lot of times, if you've grown up hearing about the tyrant Yazid, you didn't know too much about him, the crimes that he committed. It was more about he was a tyrant, he did this horrible thing, but that was about it. So. I was surprised to find out that a lot of the sources that we found a lot more information on the character of Yazid came from Sunni books Mm. as to what kind of person Yazid was, the immorality he engaged in from incest to pedophilia to just moral corruption to a point where is described as worst and Pharaoh to his subjects. That's how rampant the corruption was at a macro level. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the goodness and righteousness of Imam Hussein and how within just such a short period of time, the Holy Prophet's grandson is, is killed in such a way, not just because of Yazid, but because of the society that props up someone like Yazid mm. and then follows his commands and orders. Mm. So when you see from the betrayal of the people of Kufa to just the sheer numbers, like the 30,000 soldiers who came out to attack the grandson of the Holy Prophet وسلم, and his his family, you know, he was only there with 72 companions and his women folk and his children. It shows you like, you know, you know, I grew up thinking about like, how, you know, how can it be possible that something like this can happen? How can it be possible that a baby, you know, is, is killed in such a way? Do they have no humanity? Mm -hmm. But are we really that far off in the times we live in today? What are your
1: thoughts yeah i think a lot of times like when people ask like you know like even like kind of like they're you know just shock at some of the you know narrations and the things that are mentioned Mm. like almost kind of takes them to the extreme of like like a skepticism or like a doubt like okay like you know it sounds like a little bit too much like could that like like is this really what happened like there must have been like some kind of like fabrication or like alteration to the story over time or mm. you know things like that but I, I think like what like you know maybe sometimes people don't realize is like even like in the history books like a lot of the or maybe to be like more cautious at least some of the kind of like narrations of what happened mm-hmm. in karbala like to imam hussein like were actually narrated by people who were in yazid's army mm-hmm. right like they, they themselves are saying like you know we did xyz and so like when you know, I had this discussion with like a family member the other day. And like just to draw like the modern day connection, you know, like there are a lot of videos of like testimonies of American soldiers, right? Like people who are sent to Iraq, like supposedly, you know, to spread democracy and freedom and so on and so forth. And like these people themselves, like you know, you have, for example, like some of them have been quoted as saying like, you know, we went to Iraq to, you know, fight terrorists, and we Mm -hmm. found out that, like, we ourselves were the terrorists, right? I I watched a video not too long ago of, like, an American soldier saying that, like, you know, he had, like, commands to shoot into a home, like, again, like, on the basis that, like, it's, like, some terrorist cell or something like that. And after they do, like, he walks into the home to see that, like, he has, like, killed a, like, an entire family almost. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's really kind of, like, gives you the chills like when he talks about like like in that moment like he said he just wanted to like rip his hair out right like mm-hmm. like the regret and like the remorse that comes in a moment like that mm-hmm. but again he's telling like he he did it he's telling it so i don't think like i think if somebody is like at least somewhat aware of the you know sociopolitical circumstances of their own time mm-hmm. then it won't be that difficult to you know really like conceive or accept the you know tragedies that were that are mentioned Mm -hmm. from Mm ahashura and i think that yeah like on the flip side you know you would probably have to be a little bit unaware of what's going on in the world today to be surprised about what happened then because it's just you know like history repeats itself like it's the human nature is one right Mm -hmm. like i mean the the fundamentals of you know human psychology and behavior and aspirations and you know, desires and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these kind of things. Like it's, it's, it's universal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if a thousand years pass, it's it's the same people. It's just, it's the same principles, just different people kind of going through those like lessons or whatever you want to call it. So,
0: and and that's why I think that, you know, a lot, a a big population of Muslims keep this memory alive, this remembrance Mm -hmm. year after year and uh, evidence shows that the numbers are growing. Mm-hmm. to those who come into the fold and remember this. What do you think is the significance of, you know, there's people, there's skeptics, as you know, who will be like, you know, what's the point? Why are we doing this 1400 years later? Like what's the what's the point of crying all these years later? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I think when it's understood, when like Ashura and Majalis, Majalis are understood as just this kind of like, you know, blind ritual that we do because, you know, all the generations before us have done it. And so now like Mm -hmm. almost like some kind of like indoctrination process, like, you know, I'm a kid and my parents take me, then I get older and I take my kids. If it's kind of seen as just like this blind ritual, again, with no application, Mm -hmm. then I mean, I can understand why somebody would feel that way or ask that question. But again, like if somebody was, you know, at least somewhat aware of like what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. that they live in, then it wouldn't be like, you know, it it wouldn't seem like, oh, what's the point of all this? Because like when you're there and you're, you know, listening to the speaker or you are, you know, hearing the story and all of that, the connections are like, they're so apparent, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think like the significance of commemorating it is, you know, like there's a saying that says, like it's not us that are commemorating Ashura or reviving the... Uh, memory of Ashura, Mm. it's actually the other way around, right? Like when we kind of come year after year intellectually and emotionally, Mm. you know, to hear the story and to, you know, really connect with it on a deep emotional and spiritual level, but then to also, you know, take practical, ideological and intellectual lessons from it. It informs the way that we look at the world and the way that we understand the world and the way that we live and behave in the world, you know. So it is, it is as you know, Imam Khomeini described it, Madrasatul Ajyal. It's the, it's the school of all of the generations. Mm-hmm. So I think again, like um, not only just Ashura, but I think religion in general, when it's seen as just a set of blind rituals with no intellectual conviction that underlies it then yeah just like why are we doing things that people did a thousand years ago but when you see the connections then like it's it's kind of like clear as day type thing and you
0: know I think that like what, what you said before there's so much to Karbala than if you know when we came together and we were like Every day we put this report together within a week we had no idea we wanted to do it, but when the community started speaking about you know how there's we don't really know what really happened or we would find that people didn't take away more than the events that happened or just like they, the, they missed they missed the point right. Right. So then we're like, you know, we, we it's a historical thing that happened. It's it's news. It's important to remember things because we don't know where we're going unless we know where we've been. Mm-hmm. But I remember like as we were writing and researching and every day new things would come up and we're like, Oh my god, we have to add more now. And we were, had gone to a point of like sixty plus sources between the timeline and the write up. And we I think that's when we realized like you know th- this is oceans and oceans of information we just need a starting point and then we need a further le- reading list where people can go and explore more mm-hmm. but the bottom line that we took away from this was that imam Hussein, you know died to save true islam mm-hmm. that was the point for all muslims mm-hmm. not just shi muslims not just sunni muslims mm-hmm. but for all other muslims and uh, i think that is the key takeaway and that's Mm -hmm. the kind of connections we're going to make because you can't really talk about Karbala without making the spiritual connections Mm -hmm. right so can we talk a bit about the modern day connections
1: yeah so I think like the point of saying that like you can't talk or you can't discuss Ashura without discussing the spiritual dimension of it I think is the kind of it's the best segue into like the modern day connections because i mean even if you look at i mean if if you kind of like study ashura and like the the revolution of imam hussein like at surface value it's you know a tyrant comes into power somebody doesn't approve of that and you know he kind of prepares himself and his companions and his family and they you know basically get ready to go to war and then you know they're obviously like vastly outnumbered and so then they are slaughtered so like on the surface level it's really just you know like it's like a political thing and then it's like a military thing but if you kind of like pay closer attention to even the words of Imam Hussein like from start to finish like it's clear that all of what Imam Hussein did is predicated upon like deep deep spiritual values right? right and so what we see with Imam Hussein Hussain in the kind of like in the external plane mm. of like you know the the, the physical world mm. is just a manifestation of like what's you know what exists within him and within his heart so you know when he like even like such statements as like he's mm. like saying ya Allah I've abandoned all of creation like out of a love and a there's and a passion for you. Mm-hmm. I have orphaned my children just to see you. Mm-hmm. Right? Or like Sayyidina Zainab alayhi, says, you know, at the end of it all, mm-hmm. Allahumma taqabbal minna al mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a sacrifice or an offering that is being made primarily to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And so everything that Imam Hussein did from start to finish is nothing but just one manifestation of devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after another. right? And I think like if we were to connect just that kind of like spiritual essence of it to the modern world, I think the discrepancy is clear, right? Like everything about Karbala from start to finish for Imam Hussein, for Sayyidina Zainab, for all of the companions, for all of the family members, is just you know pure love and devotion and servitude and obedience of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. and we're living now in a world where i mean like god is like at best is just like an idea or an afterthought you okay. know like you know this person says i believe in god this person says i believe you know jesus is the son of god and this person says i don't believe in any god i believe in like whatever the big bang or evolution or whatever they believe in but practically they really have like essentially the same the same lifestyle right. and so the reason for that is because again like for most people religion is just kind of like this superficial set of you know rituals and beliefs but like deep down their creed or their religion mm-hmm. is really just this kind of like secular form of like self worship right like mm-hmm. It's not about like, what does God want from me? It's about like, what do I want to do? It's not what makes God happy. It's what makes me happy, which ironically leads to like, you know, unhappiness because Allah designed the system in such a way that His commandments Mm. are what lead to our happiness. Mm. But if we're kind of like materialistic and short-sighted in our vision and our understanding of things, Mm. we're going to go for like, what is immediately pleasurable or, you know, what seems to be pleasurable in the short term. Mm-hmm. And so like in this pursuit of our own happiness and pursuit of like fulfilling our own desires, we actually make ourselves more miserable. I mean, there's a lot more that can be said, but I think like just at, I think, the, I at think the very first right, level, though.
0: I think that, you know, when and when we started TNJ, it was always about bringing God centricism to mm-hmm. the forefront mm-hmm. that everything we talk about, including a podcast like this, or the things that we produce, mm-hmm. even when it comes to small things like world news. Right. right. Politics is just one of the bigger things that we mm-hmm. want to talk about here. Mm-hmm. And our basic tenet is God centricism right. and that lens on world issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of people were like, oh, my God, that's crazy. How can you do that? You know, we have to separate news from that. And we, we have to look at we have to have a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. right? If if God is at the epicenter of everything that mm-hmm. we're doing, mm-hmm. that includes the way we look at news, the way we make connections. Yeah. God centricism is hand in hand with all mm-hmm. forms and mm-hmm. aspects of life, and I, you're you're right. And I think that you know we can't start this this area of um, drawing modern day connections from Garbala without speaking about Malcolm X. Mm. I feel like, you know, the quote is something I like, live by when he says, you know, the oppressor is going to be made to seem like the oppressed mm-hmm. and the oppressed are going to be made to seem like the tyrants. Mm-hmm. And that's the way of the media it's the way of the world. And we see that, you know, today with everything going on in palestine mm-hmm. there's a, so much propaganda there's bias against palestinian lives so what 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 do you have to say about you know drawing parallels between what's happening in palestine and the things that you've found to be similar from the tragedy of karbala
1: i mean i don't know where to begin yeah i think i think one thing that's interesting is like the the point of palestine is relevant in the discussion of Ashura not only Palestinians but like really for the whole world right Mm -hmm. so like it's not just the case that this kind of like you know US imperialist you know US Zionist imperialist kind of agenda is seeking you know ethnically cleanse and steal the land of the people of Palestine but it's also that kind of like the whole world has to just toe the line and just kind of like bow their necks in submission Mm -hmm. right and and i think like again like it it goes back to like the whole kind of like origin of Ah Mm ashura is that like you know yazid comes into power like what what is he asking of imam hussein like Mm -hmm. what is he not asking what is he demanding of imam hussein Mm -hmm. Uh, he's like i mean you could say he's just simply asking for like but just a word like you're just saying like, come pledge allegiance to me. Let people see that you are saying that, yeah, you know, you, your father died. You're the new leader. And I accept that and really like Imam Hussein could have continued doing everything else that he, you know, would have wanted. He could have continued worshiping Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, praying and fasting and reading Quran, and he could have continued, you know, going to the masajid and teaching people and like expounding the religion and, and so on and so forth right but it's it's the idea of like you can you can fulfill or you can practice whatever rituals you want so long as your highest oath or, or your highest you know sense of authority mm-hmm. is that tyrant mm-hmm. right but when it comes to mm-hmm. you know like la ilaha illallah like you reject everything and everyone as a god Right. And I think even that like is important to just kind of like as a side note, it's like when you say God nowadays, I think the automatic idea that comes into people's minds is the creator. Mm -hmm. Like who is God? He's the one who created everything. Mm -hmm. But like the meaning of God is is much deeper than that. Like God is not just the one who created everything, Mm -hmm. but he's also the legislator. He's the highest authority. Mm -hmm. Right. So your God is whoever you are unconditionally obedient to, or whatever you are unconditionally obedient to, that is your God. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why like the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, have you not seen the one who has taken his, you know, whims or lusts or desires as a God? Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, that's essentially what Yazid is kind of, you know, seeking to forcefully, you know, take from Imam Hussein is like, yeah. you know, yeah, do your rituals, but you know who's who's really in charge at the in end charge. of the day. And I think it's very similar, like, and and that was unacceptable for Imam Hussein again on the basis of La ilaha illallah right like those rituals they mean something mm-hmm. right like when you bow down in prayer when you go into ruku' right Th- that is an expression not just that okay in this moment I'm bowing down to God mm-hmm. it's an expression that I don't bow down to anybody but God mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. lan illa mm-hmm. we will never bow down to anybody except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. and that's again like that's that's one of the main lessons of the revolution of Imam Hussein, and even just that prayer that we, we pray on a daily basis. Like, do we think about that when we, when we bow down? Mm-hmm. And so with Palestine, it's the same thing, like all these countries in the world, like, you know, so many of the countries that are being like sanctioned and targeted and like called like state sponsors of terror and so on and so forth, like mm-hmm. if they would just concede on the issue of Palestine, like so many of their political problems domestically and internationally would be resolved mm. right but but again it's because you have this kind of like you know like how pharaoh said like ana al Allah," right like you saying do whatever rituals you want yeah. but your your ultimate obedience belongs to me mm. right and and that's essentially what you know this kind of like zionist american you know world hegemony mm-hmm. is doing it's telling all these like people and countries and and movements like yeah you know whatever rituals you want is fine mm-hmm. but ultimately you do what you you know you stay within the the these red lines and palestine is one of those red lines it's like you know you can you can say whatever you want about any other issue but if you talk about palestine like you know that's like
0: And this is not just just in a political level. I mean, you're seeing it just from censorship on social media, like it's rampant. A friend of ours just just got censored for making it wasn't. I I felt like the video wasn't even something political or anything like that. It was about kids and saying kids in Palestine have no future to look up to and they don't know what to decide to be when they grow up.
1: Even even if it was, it now. even if it was political, like I mean,
0: I'm saying though at the base level.
1: No, I understand, but there... but like what I'm saying is like when people talk about like oh like this is like a humanity, you know they say this about Yemen, like yeah. it's the world's biggest humanitarian crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, but like humanitarian crises, they don't exist. Like they don't just come into existence spontaneously. Right, okay. Like they're they're all they're all products mm-hmm. of political you know crises which those themselves are products of moral and spiritual ones like i mean if you're a morally bankrupt and corrupted person or nation mm. then you will create political problems that will then give birth to humanitarian problems right, right? like right, right. you know so like yeah people are being butchered and starved and you know sanctioned to death in yemen mm. like but it's not just like this kind of like you know random occurrence mm-hmm. there are countries that are doing that to mm-hmm. them right so mm-hmm. so it is a political issue right. and then again like at the at the depth of it as we said like you, like everything ultimately has to tie back to like a divine you know axis or like a source mm-hmm. and it's ultimately a spiritual issue mm-hmm. right and this is why like even like a lot of the great scholars like they also make this kind of very important point that like i think it's a little bit of a stark warning for us is that like i mean like yazid he's not like born evil like it's not like his his essence like god just created him and from from the the time that he was a baby he's just like this kind of like devil in disguise like Mm. he's a human being Mm. but he you know went down a certain path Mm -hmm. and that's where it led him right and and maybe like a lot of us our we might have those tendencies within us Mm -hmm. but the external circumstances just haven't given us the opportunity really show those tendencies right Right. right? like they say like you know uh, somebody can be like like pharaoh it's just that instead of you know egypt he has like you know a smaller Mm -hmm. kind of sphere of influence and he's a tyrant within that and if he had a more power he would be a bigger tyrant And so like, you know, it's a reminder for us of like, you know, we might be condemning the tyrants, but like if we're not kind of working on ourselves, um, I mean, we we would be that same tyrant.
0: And I think it goes back to, you know, drawing that propaganda parallel between, you know, what's going on in Palestine with the censorship, Mm -hmm. just. Just at the base level, right? When you're talking about social media, people are like, oh, this does nothing, you know, us talking and sharing. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they're cracking down at that level, then obviously there's does something. And yeah. it goes back to, you know, you know, everyone's like Bibi Zainab, right? She outnumbered all the men have died, and she speaks this word of truth against the tyrant. And at that time, you know, things might have seemed like you know, they, they are the, the Yazid is the victorious one. Mm-hmm. But all these years later, 1400 years later, their their story and their legacy is the one that remains. And that's inspiration for a lot of the things going on in the world, from the killing of Jamal Khashoggi in Saudi Arabia, you know, and the killing of the journalist Shirin Abu Akhle, a Palestinian journalist, with impunity, mm-hmm. no accountability whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that
1: i mean yeah it's just like just one more point on the long list of examples of just the hypocrisy of you know u.s imperialism i think like again like you know these the, the so-called like leaders of the free world and like the kind of flag bearers of democracy and like you know freedom and justice and equality and first amendment rights and all also I mean like what about like Julian Assange, for example? Mm-hmm. Like the guy like exposed the entire empire mm-hmm. and now like they're in the process of like really just like deteriorating him to the point of like death. Mm-hmm. You know, like where where does where is First Amendment like when it comes to mm-hmm. that? Like so again, it's it's like, you know, you can speak out and you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. as long as that is within parameters that are drawn for you by the tyrant of your time mm-hmm. and it's the same thing like again like with Karbala like yeah like you're Salam Hussein like you can pray, you can read Quran, you can go to Hajj you can do everything that you know Islam tells you to mm-hmm. but you have to not speak out against the the tyrant mm-hmm. right and, and uh, there, there's a kind of like a, a good principle like when it comes to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, is that partial obedience is disobedience, mm. right? And like, the, like this is the story of like the shaitan, right? Like you, you obey Allah in a thousand different ways, right. but if when if when He tells you to do something mm. that you don't want to do, you don't obey, then actually all of the other times that you obeyed Him, mm. you were really obeying your own self, mm. right? Because the only reason why you obeyed is because you were fine with doing it right mm-hmm. and so like it's the same like you just take the same kind of like principle and apply it to like Yazid and like that tyrant like if Imam Hussein is praying and reading and going to Hajj and he's doing all these things that on the surface they look like he's obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. but then he's giving allegiance and he's kind of like you know hayhat, hayhat minhu, but like yeah. like bowing his neck which obviously like you know that's the whole point of minna dhilla, like my obedience is belongs to Allah. like I am a servant of Allah. What a disgrace for me to just like shamelessly bow my neck in front of another human being. and like that's the point. and if and if he was to do that, then even all of the other forms of worship and obedience of Allah, they're really just forms of obedience to Yazid because the only reason why he's doing them is because they're permitted, otherwise he wouldn't, right And so it's the same thing here, like. Yeah, you have free speech. You have freedom of religion, as long as it's kind of in, conformi- in conformity with, you know, the 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 system in place and like the current tyrants of the world. As long as you're doing what they tell you to do, so you're not really free. You're you're actually a slave, and maybe that's even worse because you don't realize it, right? Like. I mean, at least like if you're shackled, like, you know who your enemy is, you know who your exploiter is, you know who your enslaver is. Mm -hmm. This is like, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're almost like intoxicated on like a fake freedom.
0: There is this part about the report It's called choosing freedom. Mm -hmm. And I I like this part in the sense where drawing from what you just said, you know, a lot of what you see happening in Karbala is about choosing freedom Mm -hmm. from her Mm -hmm. uh, bin Riyahi who cha- literally changed, deflected from, you know, commanding Yazid's army, literally stopping Imam Hussein and his family from mm-hmm. going on onwards to Kufa. You see him moments before his change sides and have that realization, that internal revolution mm-hmm. to be able to go back to Imam Hussein and ask for forgiveness. And at the battlefield, he says, I am the son of freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what his name actually stands for. Then there's another instance where Imam Hussein says, You guys, if I live, I will not be regretful for what I've done. And if I die, I will not suffer. It is enough for you to live in re- re- humiliation. Mm-hmm. And Imam Hussein mm-hmm. addresses the people. It's like, At least choose freedom. At least choose, be a people. If you don't believe in a God, mm-hmm. believe in freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think that it relates to the point we're living in today is like, OK, at the very least, you know, that let, let us be free of shackles, free of these mental worldly distractions that, you know, are, are keeping us down from seeing the reality of the world and the situations we live in. And then there's another point that I just remembered when you were speaking, is when I was looking at the research, I came across the story of Imam Hussein's daughter, who was her, her bracelet was being snatched in the tents when the tents were burning, and the soldier was crying remorsefully as he snatched her ankle bracelet. And she asks him, Why are you crying while you're doing this? And he's like, Well, if I don't steal it, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And that for me rang a bell when I was like, You know, we literally have seen that, all of us have seen that viral video of the squatter. <laughs> Who says if to I don't steal you know? It tariff, else. Yeah, mm. that I don't take it. I mean, mm. it's literally it's when that happened. I was like, this is deja vu. Mm. Like history is just repeating itself. Mm. And we are not like as a society, you know, when you see the role of the kufans or the people like you said who pray and fast, but still cannot recognize truth. It's oh. I want I want to end with this, you know, the the small compromises we make on the daily. You know, Mm -hmm. bringing it back to reality Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are like, well, what do we have to do with politics and the bigger picture, right? We're just, we're just people existing in this part of society. So let's talk a bit about the small compromises and why human morality is so fragile. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, what, 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 what do you make of this? I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of instances like small things like insurance fraud, or things that we do on a daily thinking, even lying, or, or or the small things we're like, eh, it's not a big deal, you know. We'll
1: yeah, sorry I, I I mean I think like again, like that's that's why it's just like you know the point about like Yazid at the end of the day being a human being, like that's why it's such a kind of bleak warning and reminder, you know, like I, I look at like like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us. You know, we had a child last year. Inshallah. Like one thing that like kind of just like every time I look at her that just kind of like really shakes me up is like look at how pure, look at how innocent oh. you know this this child is. And then like what a shame that like the the most corrupted Deviated people on earth today, like they used to be like that. Mm. You know, like they used to be that pure, they used to be that innocent, they used to be that, you know, in tune with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. And uh, I think, like, you know, as we start to kind of like lose that with these kind of like what we think are minor, but in reality, they're not. Like Imam Ali a.s. says that the, the, you know, most severe sin with Allah, the most severe sin with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one that we take lightly, mm-hmm. right? Again, like, I mean, like these minor issues, like, you know, telling a lie at work or cheating on an exam or like whatever it is, like, if we are willing to compromise our principles when the stakes are so low, like, mm-hmm like you're at work like whatever your boss tells you to lie for like whatever reason like w- what are the stakes there like if you just tell your boss like i'm, I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. right or like what are the stakes of like not cheating like you, okay you lose a point on the test like like, there's
0: no excuse yeah that the is stakes is
1: are low. so low mm-hmm. so then like how could we even like how do we deceive ourselves to mm-hmm. thinking that like when the stakes are so high right. like for example imprisonment like shahada you know having everything taken away from yeah, like if we're not even willing to just like take the small yeah. apparent losses um mm-hmm. and and yeah i mean i i think like if we kind of really were to look inward a little bit with a little bit more scrutiny we would see that like you know we all essentially have that kind of mentality that iblis had right mm-hmm. like iblis didn't want to bow down to adam right which was essentially obeying Allah like it's not about Nabi Adam it's the fact that Allah told him to do it mm-hmm. right like Iblis didn't want to do that but he was willing to do a thousand other different things that are in accordance with Allah's will right. but again like partial obedience is disobedience mm-hmm. right and we're the same way like maybe we would bow to Nabi Adam mm-hmm. but maybe there are other things that Allah says to do that you know mm-hmm. we don't
0: I, I don't think so yeah
1: exactly and not I, and right
0: now yeah. maybe in the future yeah
1: and and that's the that's the the lesson of imam hussein like even like, like tomorrow
0: they... i'll change i'll do this yeah. today it's like the thing deals we make on a constant basis mm-hmm. i think i honestly like you know i've i've been commemorating karbala for like as long as i remember mm-hmm. when i was a baby um but it's this year that really like I don't know what it was maybe it's just all the reflection that i was trying the report i think really opened my eyes and then just daily reflection that made me think about like the bigger picture here is something that i've missed mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you get bogged down by the culture a lot of people have these questions about ashura and they then they miss the whole point is you know they get bogged down by should you fast was- and should you not fast and this is Bida, and this is like There is a huge point that we're missing Mm and that, you know, Yazid or the people who participated in the killing and the slaughter of innocent people can be us, Mm -hmm. you know, when the stakes are high. Mm -hmm. Because if we're already doing that on this, you know, this point in life where the stakes are low and we're making these excuses, are we going to be able to see truth when it's right in front of us? And that's the question Mm -hmm. we need to ask ourselves. This has been extremely informative. Thank you so much, Tarek, for joining thank us. Now. Thank you. And I hope to have more of these conversations. I think that it's important you know, to talk about world issues with a backdrop of spirituality because mm-hmm. that's really like, you know, there's more and more dimensions to mm-hmm. be talked about. But thank you all for joining us today. And I hope you guys will stay tuned for our future episodes. And make sure to check out our report on Karbala. It's tmj.news backslash Karbala. Thank you.